Michelle is a musician with albums released as Everyone Except Me and artist behind the post-apocalyptic webcomic Stray Cats. She's kind, a bit shy, and furiously creative. Henrik is a filmmaker with over two dozen films and TV shows as producer, director, and occasionally host. He also released a couple of music albums. He's bombastic, larger than life, and tenacious almost to a fault. Together, they've been best friends for a decade. This show is awkward. So, what, what did you just... <laughs> was that your phone? Did your phone go off right when the show started? Like, literally the yeah. moment that the show yeah. started? Yeah. Why would it do that? It was telling me that it was like, hey, you canceled the I-9 appointment. <laughs> I just want everyone to know that Michelle does not put her phone in silent because she doesn't care about I, my feelings. I can't. I don't know what's, I, well, who's going to need me. And if I don't hear it and then I don't get back to them and then I lose a job, what am I supposed to do? It's hard being so important. I know. I mean, for you, I mean, I've seen it be hard for you. I don't know what it's like myself, but I've heard such things. Sure. Um, you could put it on vibrate. If you want me to, I'll put it on vibrate. I'm just not going to know by the sound what if it's something I need to respond to or not. So it's going to be going to have to keep checking it. Right. As opposed, as opposed to hearing the sound on the show. It's I'm not sorry. that big I, of a deal. I didn't realize my co-host was a medical doctor. Jeez, got a t- <laughs> You know, when when you said we were going to stream this, you were like, so it'll be a little bit more informal and stuff like that. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I could just leave my phone sound on. No, but that was a no. lie. That, that no, was that was lie. true then, but the the rules have changed, and oh. now and now it's hurtful. Um, okay. So. <laughs> Uh, we have comments in here uh, from David DeNoyer saying, I am so in from the title of this episode alone. Um, and then Ray Cersei saying, uh, replying to David exactly how I felt. And then she said, Henrik, be nice. Never. Um, so I well, So last night I had an interesting experience as I'm adjusting my microphone, which needed more adjusting than I realized. I had an interesting experience because I went down a trip. Uh, I went on a trip down memory lane of a film that I had not seen since I was a very little kid and watched a film with my buddy David that he had not seen since he was a very little kid. So we started the night with David's uh, childhood favorite movie called Cloak and Dagger. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. Have you seen it, Michelle? No. Uh, Well, it's about a little boy who fantasizes about being a secret agent by playing games like cloak and dagger and stuff like that. And then he ends up getting a government secret in a cartridge that looks like an Atari game of cloak and dagger. So he has to, um, uh, basically like defend himself from these bad guys and yada, yada, yada. And it's a 19, I think it's a 1984 film. So due to it being from the eighties, there's like a lot of inappropriate stuff. Like the kid shoots a guy dead, but he's like 11, you know, the kid that shoots him and, and they're like threatening to kill children and, and things like that. It's just a little bit more than you would expect from a movie now, like playing on the Disney channel or whatever. Um, so what, what were you going to say? I don't know. I don't watch movies on the Disney channel now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were threatening to kill kids and shooting people. Really? 
They've I gotten a lot more toned down in, in these days. So, yeah. so, uh, but I enjoyed watching it. It was really fun. It's a fun movie. Like I said, it's a little bit, you know, of its time, you know, they wouldn't do it now. Like there's a part where the kid ends up having to lay in the trunk of a car with the dead mm-hmm. body of the older friend he had who ran the computer store. And like, he's been oh, shot wow. through the eye with a gun. No, he's like laying on the corpse uh, twice. Wow. There are two scenes where he has to lay on the corpse in the back of that car. So you, know, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's a little bit more, the stakes were higher than a lot of kids movies tend to do these days. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, so, but after we watched, after Dave and I watched that, I, I got, I, I had a few weeks earlier, he and I had talked about movies we watched as kids and I was reminded of a movie called uh, Mio in the Land of Far Away. Or as I discovered it when I was a kid, it was just called The Land of Far Away. And it's a, it's a fantasy kids movie based on a fantasy kids book from 1954, a Swedish book that was published in English as well. And the weird thing about that movie is very few people have seen it other than me, but it had like a re it was released. It was on VHS. I rented it at the library all the time. So, and if I rented it, I asked my mother to confirm, did I rent that at the library? And she said, yes, she vaguely remembers the fan. Cause there was only one fantasy movie I liked other than the heart, the cartoon Hobbit. And that was the land of far away. And my mom confirmed, I got that at the library, which means I had to be under eight years old when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. because we didn't rent movies at the library after I turned eight. Cause we moved. Do you need to take a phone call now? Yeah. Now my business line is called. Is okay. Okay. I'll do? switch over. You give me a peace sign when you're ready to come back. Okay. On here. So while Michelle is handling some very important uh, business, because Michelle is very important and business, I'm going to hang out with you guys in the chat for a minute and she's going to take care of her call. So um, let's see. Uh, Rob Fields commented, Henrik. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> I know I can be a cruel some bitch. Um, so let's see. Uh, Ray Cersei said, I've seen it. That's a great movie. Are you, I'm assuming that you're referring to cloak and dagger. Cause there's no way you're referring to Mio and the land of far away. There's just no way. Uh, Renee Thompson over on YouTube said, hi, hello, Renee. I hope you're having an excellent day. I am very well. So, um, <clears throat> And then Rob Fields commented and said, I have my copy of Cloak and Dagger from Vinegar Syndrome. I'll have to watch it soon. You definitely should. And we have Michelle back looking kawaii. Um, sure. For the, for the record, I didn't ask you to throw a peace sign to be kawaii. It was just the first thing that came to my head because I was trying to make it seem like I, I was trying to make it so seamless that it seemed like I had a, a plan for when this happens. When in mm-hmm. reality, I made mm-hmm. it up as your phone was ringing. Cause I'm a broadcast professional. So, um, what, what, so what is it? Cars uh, extended a, warranty or, a, or is it? No search engine optimization company. Ah, kind of bo- bothering me. Bum, 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 it's bum. someone I asked to, to call me in August. And for some reason he's calling me now. And so I just basically hung up on him. I, I mean, I said, I'm sorry. I have to go. <laughs> you said, I'm because sorry. First, you're not important. No, I, said, I mean, you know, he started like, yeah, I'm listening. Oh, he's, he started talking and I was like trying to get him to stop so that I could say something. And, and I was like, I'm really sorry. Like I'm in the middle of something. I can't talk right now. And then he just kept talking and, you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> Peace just, out. Just talk. Just talk about yeah. when you were talking. Oh, no, you're fine. You're totally fine. I was just, uh, the only reason I was, um, the only reason I was looking off to the side is while you were talking, I was just getting the land of far away, uh, VHS tape cover up for us to look at in a minute. That's all. So, um, I wanted you to see this. Um, no. So, well, what I was talking about was, well, I was reading the chat, which I'll actually finish doing that real quick. Um, so Rob Fields, I just read. Azure Wolf said, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you too. Uh, uh, you've been around for a lot of my streams and I appreciate it. Ray Cersei said, yeah, cloak and dagger, LOL. I made, I wanted to make sure she had not seen the land of far away, which I figured was impossible. How would she have ever seen it? Um, and then are you game? Uh, my buddy, Paul Lee commented, how are you doing, sir? I still have my cloak and dagger VHS. Nice. Well, uh, I am very well, but I'm extra well. Because I watched this film, uh, which was originally titled Mio and the Land of Far Away, or just The Land of Far Away. Uh, and uh, let's see. So, Michelle, right, right on the screen, that's the VHS tape I remember. Okay. You, cool. Does it not look epic? I mean, come on. It does. No, it, it does look epic. Yeah. You can say you hate it. That's fine. No, you can say my I, I childhood would, was trash. I get it. I would watch it probably. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Um, <laughs> it's not actually a bad movie. It's it's just a kids movie, you know. But um, let's see if I can pull up the back cover. Uh, Eleven year old. Oh, I can't, oh, I can't read it. It's too small. Okay, never mind. I was gonna try and read the uh, description, but can I zoom in? It says you can. There we go. Oh, wow. It's actually pretty clear. Okay. 11-year-old Bosse... Oh, these these Swedish names are impossible. 11-year-old <laughs> Bosse Ossesson, who lives in Stockholm with his overbearing aunt Edna, dreams of finding the father he has never known. One night, Bosse re rescues a spirit trapped in an empty bottle. Recognizing Bosse, the spirit flies him to the beautiful land of Faraway. Where Bosse is united with his father, the king of the land of faraway, Bosse learns that his real name is Mio, and that he is the king's long-lost son. First of all, I want to point out, he does not live with his aunt Edna and his uncle. They are his, his adopted parents, who hate him so much they make him call them aunt and uncle because they wanted a little girl and they ended up stuck with him. Wow. I love this movie. It's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point that out first and foremost. They don't like him. And the opening, the opening, um, so the movie, because it's based on a child children's book and it's for children, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, voiceover narration you have the kid kind of explaining his life and what he's thinking and what he feels about things and he mentions that uh his mother died during childbirth but that no one cared to let his father know that's literally how he describes how he was came into the world my mother died giving birth to me and no one felt the need to contact my father <laughs> or you know nobody cared to contact my father that's how he said nobody cared it's very very sad yeah um so, uh, okay, so the other part, it says, uh, the father and son's joy is short-lived, however. Kato, the evil knight from the neighboring land outside, has kidnapped and placed terrible spells on most of the kingdom's children. 
According to an ancient legend, only a male child of royal blood can destroy Kato and deliver the children. So, on a white horse named Miramis, Mio and his friend Jum Jum set out for Kato's castle. Sorry, I I think I talked over you. Were you going to say something about... No, no, I don't think so. So, so, uh, Kato is played by the legendary Christopher Lee, and he's terrifying in this movie when i was a little kid i was very afraid of kato um and and i had seen i saw the land of far away so christopher lee because i know you're not super you're not really familiar with him he's most famous for playing dracula in the united kingdom he played dracula in in the uk uk's most famous version of dracula as well as jess franco's dracula but that's a whole other conversation for another time but i you know found i knew who uh, very well who he was in my teens because i'd watch all those movies and had no idea mm-hmm. that when i watched the land of far away that it was christopher lee playing the villain in it i had no idea um so this next uh, i'm going to finish reading the back of the box and then we can continue the journey is perilous. Uh, the journey is perilous, though. Kato's spies capture first Miramis, then, after a chase through the dead forest, Mio and Jum Jum. But thanks to an invisible cloak, Mio is able. Th- this is giving away the entire oh, no, story. Moving. This this is the official VHS box. It's literally this. Wait, this literally tells you how it ends. Oh wow. Listen, listen, I mean, whatever. <laughs> but thanks to the invisible cloak, Mio is able to escape. I mean, it came out in 1984. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, or 87. It doesn't matter. Uh, 87. It came out in 87. Uh, armed with his magic sword, Mio engages the crafty Kato in a sword fight. The fate of the captured children and the future of the land of faraway hang in the balance as good battles evil. Okay, so it doesn't give us the whole ending. Yeah, It gets us to the last the six story, minutes of yeah. the movie. <laughs> wow. To the last six minutes of the film. Wow. Wow, indeed. So, so uh, this is the film I showed Dave over uh, last week, or yes, last week, last night. Um, and yeah, <laughs> uh, hold on. So um, let's take some chats real quick. Rob Field said, hmm, reminds me of Harry Potter fair i mean it was a little bit later but it does uh, but a lot of these uh apparently i i'm not a big fantasy guy myself but apparently a lot of these fantasy movies and fantasy stories are about somebody going to somewhere far away and finding out their new name and finding out their new family and stuff like that that was apparently a trope at one point like to have no parents and then find out your parents were mysterious sorry mm -hmm. it it makes sense if you're you know you're a kid and maybe you're not happy with your parents it's nice to be able to believe that somewhere in the universe are people who would be kinder to you even if they're just they are kind to you (laughs) that's a fair point uh are you game commented the 80s had some very dark quote kids movies like something wicked black cauldron and peanut butter solution uh which i've never seen peanut butter solution but i've heard it is like terrifying like really terrifying Mm -hmm. um david denoyer said oh my god the synopsis writer got a little too carried away um, oh, and then he said, you haven't mentioned who plays Jum Jum. Jum Jum is played by Christian Bale at like 10 years old. Little uh-huh. Batman is, is the sidekick in this quest to commit murder. Oh, yes, because the magic sword, the reason it's magic is it can cut through stone and it has to because Kato's heart is made of stone. So They should have put that in the description. I know. Maybe they were like, oh, that's too dark, bro. We want to leave some surprises. Um. So I want to point out that 
so this movie is Swedish, but it's not just Swedish. It's a co-production between Sweden and I believe Poland and the Soviet Union at the time. So it was shot in Stockholm, Crimea, Ukraine, and Moscow, as well as Scotland. Scotland is where they filmed the exteriors of the ca- of Kato's castle because they have sure. a lot of beautiful castles out, out there. Mm-hmm. So like the sets and stuff were all in Moscow. Uh, And it was directed by a famous, I can't, I'm not going to butcher his name, a famous Russian director who actually, I just found this out. He is the head of Russian Disney now. Like he was so well regarded for making kids movies that as the Russian Federation was formed and yada, yada, he became the head of Disney Russia. So he's, he's the guy there and he made the land of far away, a movie that had a lot of influence on me. So, um, David DeNoyer said, he's such a cute little American psycho. Well, well played. There is that cute part where he goes, Mio, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Um, so that's for people who've seen American Psycho, not not Michelle. So, <laughs> so my my thing with this movie, and, and with the, my point of bringing all this up, is that David shows me his favorite movie and I'm like, wow, this is like a little bit more dark than you'd expect. And it's kind of kooky and wild and a little bit more of an, like a super action movie. Like I totally see why David liked that knowing him as an adult. Now, then I show Dave my favorite kids movie and he's like, this is really sad. This is like so depressing. And I was like, yeah, it all starts to add up. Doesn't it? So, cause, cause literally the movie, first of all, I didn't know this as a kid. As a kid, I knew it was it took place in a foreign land because the because um, most of the characters had English accents. It was shot in English because it was for the international market, which basically in those days international market meant English speaking territory. So it meant you know Britain, their colonies, America, and Australia. That was the international territory because mm-hmm. that's a pretty big territory of English speakers who also consume lots of movies. Um, and Britain, Australia, and America made most of the movies for the international market. So like Mad Max is a good example. Um, that was made for the international market, but it was an Australian Mm -hmm. movie. So, so, uh, the movie opens with them in Stockholm, Sweden. And what I can only remember, I watched this for the first time as an adult, like yesterday, the last time I'd seen this was more than 20 years ago. Um, (laughs) and I'm 34 now. Last time I saw it was like, I was like eight years old or seven or eight years old. Yeah. And so the movie opens and he's like in his little Swedish neighborhood. And first of all, it is just the epitome of Eastern European sad looking. You know what I'm talking about? Like that really sad looking European city look. Like it just has a vibe that like everything's run down and everyone's sad, which I I think Mm -hmm. is on per, I mean, some of that's just how Europe is, but I mean the people acting really despondent and stuff that's on purpose. So, so Mio, he's, he's like, he has a best friend and that best friend takes him flying to fly a kite. And Mio's all sad because his friend has a dad and his dad is super nice. And he said, even in his voiceover, he even says like, I wish I, I wish he was my father. And, and you're like, oh, that's a delightful children's story. Um, so, but when he comes home on the way home, he stops at the corner store to buy crackers not the salty kind, because his uncle can't eat those. He gets home late. His aunt yells at him for tracking mud in, being late, and then the crackers have salt on them. And because of his her his uncle's heart, he can't have crackers. So she yells at him and tells him, like, go to your room, no dinner, just go to your room. 
I'm very upset with mm-hmm. you. And <laughs> and this is like oh, and I forgot to mention the part where he where a bunch of kids took his brand new wool hat and knocked it around with their hockey sticks until it got all dirty and ruined. I forgot that happened earlier too. Like everybody, the only thing missing from this movie, if I were remaking this movie today, Mio would get like punched in the face and have like a really bloody nose because there wasn't enough mm-hmm, physical mm-hmm. violence on Mio. It yeah. was just, yeah. <laughs> it was all psychological. Yeah, you so, gotta. <laughs> so, so Mio is is like all despondent. Now he's laying in bed crying while he hears his aunt and uncle, who remember are not his aunt and uncle. They are his legal adopted guardians who have made him call them aunt and uncle because they don't want him. He mm-hmm. literally mentions that the reason he calls him aunt and uncle is that when they went to the orphanage, they didn't have any little girls, and that's all they wanted were little girls. Why did they get? Then why did he? They get him though. Because they probably felt bad and then didn't realize how truly evil he was, which is what Aunt Edna calls him. Wow. Says, like, that boy is evil. Yeah. He's not just bad, he's evil. So he's crying okay, in bed and, and she's, and Aunt Edna's literally telling the uncle, like, we should just get rid of him. Like, we should just return him to the orphanage or send yeah. him away or something because he doesn't respect us. He doesn't, he, he's evil. He's a, he's rotten to the core. He's all these, these terrible things. So that's like the first six minutes. So wow. he run he runs away from home and the beautiful woman who runs the sweet shop. That's always so nice to him, stops him as he's leaving and offers him an apple. And he takes the uh-huh. apple and I cried when he, she gave him the apple. I remembered those scenes like very much from being really little. So she gives him an apple and asks him if he'll run something to the post box while, you know, when, when he's at leaves. So he says, sure. And she says, but it has to be the post box on the end of the street. Well, the postcard is to the land of far away. And then uh-huh. it, and then a few things happen. A wizard that is just a giant head with a giant beard floating in the sky shows up and realizes this kid is who he's looking for. Let's the kid grab onto his beard. And then they fly through space to the land of far away. That is how the movie starts. Okay. And I love it. It's stupid and full. Of, well, this part, see, there's the thing. And this is the way I am with lots of uh, fantasy movies. Mm-hmm. I love everything before he goes to the land of far away. Like, I think it's just like, it's well executed, well acted. It's super sad, mm-hmm. but like, it makes you care for Bosse before he becomes Mio. It makes you care about Bosse. Mm-hmm. But like, but then once it goes to the land of far away, I, I have my own problems with getting into fantasy. But that's my mm-hmm. thing. Like, I don't, I can watch a fantasy movie. Like, I didn't really like it, but I'm sure if you like fantasy, you like it. Like, it's just not my yeah. thing. But this movie is really bizarre. And I think that that's helped by the Soviet Union element that they shot some of it in the Soviet Union, including shooting during the week. Chernobyl uh, melted down and they had to shut production down for a week because they were filming in Crimea at the time. Completely crazy. Because they said when they came back a week yeah. later, Christian Bale said that they were a Geiger counter. They were using a Geiger counter and everyone's food before lunch. <laughs> but um, and, and Christopher Lee said that it was just miserable, that it was just mm-hmm. like the food was terrible. The, uh, the 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 technicians were working really slowly for no reason. And it was just a very boring experience uh, and an unpleasant. Experience. But then he actually said he was like, like pretty much all Russian movies at that point in time. Like in the eighties, he was like every Russian movie I worked on was like that. So, and you got to remember, he's wow. in Europe, so it's not as weird for him to go across the Iron Curtain to work as it would be if you were like an sure. American actor. Although there are multiple mm-hmm. American actors in the movie, so 
Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess I, uh, so yeah, he goes to land of far away and then finds out he has to kill this, this bad guy and it's his destiny. That's another thing they do a lot is like everyone that meets him already knows what his destiny is, <laughs> but he doesn't. So they're like, Oh, you know, cause like he goes to his father and says, father, what's across the bridge. And he goes so soon. Like that's the first thing he says <laughs> so soon, you know? Um, so he has to go and fight Kato. Kato has a, instead of a left hand, he has a metal claw, which he uses to rip out people's hearts and replace them with hearts of stone and hatred that make them his, his, his servants. And if you refuse the heart of stone, like all of the children of the land of far away did, they're cursed to become birds forever circling the castle until the day the last brick has eroded to dust. So when they get to the castle, you hear all these, oh, 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 oh. And I remember I turned to Dave and, and said, and Dave was like, man, those birds are loud. And I was like, Dave, that's the voice of the damned. And he was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what the movie is. <laughs> wow. Right? Um, so let's <laughs> take a couple chats. Ray Mattis said, I was five years old when I saw Time Bandits rated PG. The end mortified me and gave me nightmares for a month. I believe that. I haven't seen Time Bandits in forever either. Oh, Patty Stevens is in here. She said, hi, gang. Um, and then uh, David said, he's introduced us to being scolded by his aunt. Then bullies gang up on him. And then the aunt scolds him to the point of running away. Yeah, and she scolds him for ruining his hat too. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, Patty's good. Patty said, let me guess the shirt. Politics ruin everything. Close. Politics ruins everything. <laughs> Which I, now that I'm thinking about it, is that proper English? I bought it on Amazon. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jay Bayless commented, damn it, I'm late again. Um, and then Rince uh, Winkle said, oh, oh, it's color, uh, Counselor of War from Twitch. Hope you're both well. We're, I'm pretty good. How yeah. are you doing, Michelle? Not good. <laughs> good to see you. Thank oh, well, yeah, that's for fine. asking. <laughs> yeah. Rob Fields did a spooky face. Uh, Patty Stevens wanted to know what we were discussing. Sorry, I'm a little late. We're discussing, well, I'm discussing a childhood movie that had like a, that was like really weird that I just revisited. And I intend to then pick Michelle's brain about some of the weird childhood movies she's watched as well. Um, Amanda commented, hello guys. Hey, Amanda, hope you're doing super well. Um, <laughs> Jay Payless commented, don't use a Geiger counter before eating your food. You fool. <laughs> Counselor War can confirm Rincewindle is me. <laughs> um, so uh, Rob Fields, the D he said it's available on DVD on Amazon for $19.99. That DVD may be an import that doesn't work on a normal player. I know that doesn't matter to Rob because Rob is without region, but I wanted to point that yeah. out. Um, Rob said no argument when uh, for <laughs> no argument on that when it comes to your t-shirt. Thank you. And Patty said that t-shirt is great. Thank you. I meant to point out the shirt at the beginning, but I was too excited to talk about the, the land of far away, to be honest. So that's the land of far away. If you want, I'll show you the trailer real quick. And then maybe we could, you could tell me about yeah. some movie you really like from when you were a kid. Cause I know one movie I want to bring up is one magic Christmas that you suggested I watch and it's the most sad mm -hmm. thing ever, but I loved every second of it. Yeah. So this is the trailer, which I don't know if I've ever actually seen this. <laughs> Mio in the land of far away. There's the, there's the head. 
<laughs> He's literally flying through space. Oh, there's his dad. Who keeps saying, Mio? My Mio. Mio? My Mio. The evil knight. Oh, yeah, and every time people say Kato, things like wind happens and lightning happens and stuff. I'm frightened, Yum Yum. Why um, me? Only a male child. Look, look, there he is. Christian Bale oh, is Yum okay. Wow. <laughs> I know, all I imagine whenever it cut to him is I imagine a little kid going, Get the fuck out of my fucking scene. I'm trying to fucking work. I don't know if you remember when that <laughs> happened, when he was screaming. Oh. They, <laughs> he was screaming at crew people. Um, all right, oh. so there's the white horse. They're they're like riding around on it, having a great time. And there's the dead forest. Yeah, everything around this castle is dead. There's the damned flying around the castle. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like a little bit of the damned? The music is really good in this yeah. movie. Um, apparently the theme song Mio My Mio was a number one hit in Sweden. Oh. Oh yeah, and when they're when they're so when they're put see this room right here? This that room mm -hmm. right there is the dungeon that Kato puts them in so that they, and says he will not return until they're both a pile of tiny white bones. Oh. And then he points out that that because the castle is such concentrated evil, that'll mm -hmm. only take one night. Oh, that that like wow. when you're that when you're surrounded by all of that hatred and sadness and evil, that you starve faster, and one night is impossible to survive. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. That's not very long at all. No, it sounds like science, though. Sounds like science to me. I mean, <laughs> may, maybe time works differently. So one night is really not one night. You know, that could that could be I mean, it's it's left a little ambiguous. Mm -hmm. There's also reference to when he gets the sword that the swordsmith made to kill him uh, that he gives to Mio, where when he holds the sword, he's like, this is the most dangerous weapon I've ever held. This weapon cannot be used to harm good, only evil, which I thought I was like, oh, so it's like that. Uh, uh. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like I, I do. The one thing I do like about fantasy is that everything is poetic. You know, like, like that, that, um, you could be so betrayed that you curse an entire land with your, with your, like your emotional state. Yeah. As opposed to just cursing the people closest to you. Um, <laughs> poor Michelle. All right. Anyway, more trailer. Mio in the land of far. This is a terrible trailer, by the way. Susanna York. The finest fabric I ever wove. I do love that. Oh, and there's the crazy old man that lives in a in a cave. Oh yeah, and they steal the horse, so they pull a little bit of a never-ending story. This is a few years after never-ending yeah. story, and a lot of people pointed that out, like in reviewers and stuff. So that guy you just saw that was all like sweaty, saying like "heart of stone," he's the slave that has to make all of the swords Kato uses to murder innocent people. And he's mm -hmm. gone completely insane from it. Um, yeah. Which is like, I, I just like, I like that actually. I think that's good mm -hmm. storytelling that like he's gone insane from what they've used his weapons for. That's mm -hmm. why he, that's why he made a sword that could only kill Kato. Yeah. Oh, there's the claw. Ugh, I get I'm getting goosebumps when I see this stuff like <laughs> this is I think this is an international trailer 
which uh, they tend to show like mm-hmm. way more spoilers because they're what you show like oh. distributing companies to get them to buy the movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll explain that more in just a second. Okay, so <laughs> that is the trailer for The Land of Far Away. And uh, the other thing that creeped David out, by the way, when we were watching it, is there's this part where they play a flute, and they play this tune. Yeah, okay, I'll stop. But uh, Dave was shocked because I started singing along and remembered the whole thing, even though I hadn't heard it since I was seven. <laughs> Yeah, it's a major. Wow. It's a major plot point. It plays o- multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, uh, <laughs> it was a cool trip down memory memory lane, and it's been a while since I got to watch a movie that I saw as a kid and never revisited ever until now. Because most yeah. of those happened in my twenties, you know. So, um. Oh, let's see what we got in the chat. Uh, Rince Windle. Said wind windle. I, I'm I'm think I don't know how I'm saying rinse wind. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying my best. Uh, he said the overshirt flamingos are where it's at. Thank you. This is one of my favorite shirts for the summertime. Um, Jay Bayless said 100% agree on time bandits. My brain hurt after that ending. David Denoyer commented said if Michelle was raised on one magic Christmas, this explains a lot. <laughs> Sorry, Michelle. Um, and then uh, Rincewind said, looks like a classic 80s tale. Absolutely. And I highly recommend you check it out. I think it's more readily available in uh, England than it is uh, in the States. So, so Michelle, what's a film that you watched like way too much when you were a kid? I don't really know. Oh, come on. I talked for 35 minutes to give you time to plan for what you were going to say. I- I was just listening to you. I wasn't planning. <laughs> That's a horrible mistake. You should never listen to what I'm saying. That's a dangerous, slippery slope. Um, well, what about I, I One mean, Magic I, Christmas? I, I, when did you first see that? I don't know. You don't know? I like, mean, you don't I, have a I, ballpark? No. Just amount of time. Like, I used to watch it with my family. So I don't know when I first saw it on on a VHS, but... That we taped from TV, but I don't know when we taped it from TV. I don't, I mean, I, listen, I'm not asking you to give like, like I had perfect details for some of it because I I had like, there were a few things that allowed me to know it was, I had, couldn't have been older than eight because we stopped going to the library when we stopped living near the library. So mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to say like when I was seven, I watched, I mean, but you were a kid, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like you were probably, what were you probably 10, probably 15, like just somewhere in like, like yeah. the neighborhood of like little kid or older kid or like, like a, like a, probably not, not 15, probably younger than that person. Okay. So like a bit younger, maybe, maybe preteen. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's, it's <laughs> I like how now all of a sudden you have tons of details. <sighs> You're always bullying me. People see this. You, you know, people think you're nice, but you're really very mean. You're like a big bully. Uh, what? Nobody thinks I'm nice. <laughs> so, uh, 
when if, I don't know uh, uh, for those who don't know One Magic Christmas, can you lay out like a little? You don't have to lay it out in as grand of detail as I laid out Mio. I laid out Mio so much because I watched it last night. But can you lay out a little bit of the setting of One Magic Christmas for those who have not seen it? Um, I, I think so. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't uh-huh. have. Just do your best. You know, but basically, uh, okay. Um, basically, um, there's family and they're like not doing so well, and then like I don't know, the dad dies in some sort of accident, and Doesn't then he get shot? the kids. Oh right, he's in the bank, and he yeah, he's like he's... trying to stop a. a- and he ends up getting shot. And then the bank robber takes the car with his kids inside because they were waiting outside for him to come out of the bank. And so they take the car and then he he's like trying to get away from the cops and he ends up like driving into a river and then or a pond or something and then and dying. And so the mom thinks that the kids died and her husband died and everything is really, really sad and bad. But the yep. kids actually ended up in the North Pole, but I, I don't remember how. I mean, how how does anybody end up at the North Pole? You know, it's magic. Oh right, doesn't that guy just bring them to the North Pole because he's like, yeah, you want to like make Harry Dean Stanton better? or the yeah. angel? <laughs> the actor's yeah. name is Harry Dean. I'd like to think he's like, hello, I'm Harry Dean Stanton. Come with me to the North Pole. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Were you in Reap? And they're like, were you in Repo Man? He's like, you're awfully young to be watching that movie, but yes. <laughs> Anyway, continue, please. You're you're nailing it now. Yeah, and then they go and basically they, I don't know, they're like hanging out with Santa and stuff. And Santa's elves are like dead people. Yep. So and Mary good. Steenburgen, yeah. who plays the mom, is stuck just believing that everyone she loves is dead. Yeah, yeah. I'm only laughing. I really love this movie. You're the one who made who brought this movie to my attention uh, because mm-hmm. I basically challenged you. I was like, hey, Michelle, what's the sad? Because you, you did. You hooked me up with some of the saddest Christmas movies because the other one was Home Home by Christmas. Mm-hmm. The one with Linda Hamilton where she's homeless, which I don't know if yeah. I told you that ended up. I don't know if it's still there, but that ended up on Hulu. Like with an HD oh. transfer and everything, like it looked oh, beautiful. Wow. I have a I have a DVD that's out of print of it. That way, whenever I want to cry, I'm like ready to rock. I've got it locked and loaded. Linda Good. Hamilton being homeless, super yeah. sad. That yeah. that movie's so sad because she was like rich and married, and then gets divorced and has to mm-hmm. learn how to be broke. It's mm-hmm. so sad, but it ends beautifully. It's one of those really mm-hmm. early Lifetime movies uh, from the '90s. Uh, I believe it was the 90s or maybe it was the early 2000s. I can't remember exactly yeah, what it was, but it was it was an early one because Lifetime uh, original movies really, you know, started peaking like 10 years ago to where it was like everybody was talking about them. Christmas movies, I mean. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> Rob Fields just commented, said Michelle was sleeping with her eyes open. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jay Bayless said, stop interrogating her FBI. Jeez. I have to interrogate Michelle. That's how you get the humor out. Is, is you go, answer the question! And then once the tears stop, she's very funny, actually. Uh, <laughs> oh, and then David Neuer said, yeah, you destroyed me with Home by Christmas. Yeah, I, I feel like Home by Christmas is another movie that, other than you, everyone I know 
who's seen it, um, it's because of me. Yeah, <laughs> and I only... S- um, I only saw it because I just happened to be watching Lifetime one time, and I was like, oh my god, how, how did like I, I find this movie? This is like the perfect Michelle movie. <laughs> yeah, that's so wild that it was just playing, and you found it, and then you remembered mm-hmm. the title, or did... Did you remember the title or did we have to like do some sleuthing? I think we get to like figure it out maybe or did, I don't really remember. I think, you know what? I think you, I think now I'm thinking about, I think I Googled like lifetime Christmas living in car or something and found mm-hmm. it. I think that's how it actually happened now that I'm thinking about it. But uh, it's a great little movie. Uh, definitely good. Uh, uh, oh, I could cry if I tell how it ends. So I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it anyway. <laughs> But uh, great ending. But um, yeah, One Magic Christmas, great way to just tear your goddamn heart out and make you feel those Christmassy feels. Yeah. Oh, gosh. David, Hen, remember when I showed you Frankenstein and me? I won't talk about it. <clears throat> I just need a minute. Nothing. Although nothing will get me worse than the end of Monster Squad when Frankenstein and Phoebe get separated. I showed you Monster Squad, right? Or no? You did. Yeah. Okay, good. 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 It's an important film. So <laughs> so are there any other films you remember, like One Magic Christmas or just a kid's movie that, that just like really stuck out to you? Um, I guess I probably watched Everending Story a lot, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was a big fan of the Neverending Story as well. Um, that's that that was one of the other like f- you know uh, few uh, fantasy movies that really got me when I was a kid. Uh, but I think that mm-hmm. was everybody. Everybody everybody loved Falcor and everybody because that was just such a great that was such a great movie. Um, that was yeah that was a really good one. And of course you know everybody likes to remember the first time they were horribly scarred, which was when the horse dies. Hmm. When it drowns in the swamp. Yep. <laughs> David just said, remember yeah. the tar pits. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Alan Holloway said, bah humbug. And then he said, tear jerker. <laughs> um, uh, and then, oh, and then Rob Field said, monster squad is one of the greats. Yeah, and then David said, remember the tar pits. I remember. Uh, <laughs> that's harsh. Uh, I remember that meme going around that said like new cut of, uh, of, um, of, <laughs> <laughs> new cut of um the never ending story but it's just two hours of that scene like looping <laughs> and i was like ah that's a good way to toughen up um yeah. the, the weird thing <laughs> the weird thing about that movie cloak and dagger is his his um imaginary friend is like a cold-blooded spy who like regularly says like when people die in real life and that's his only friend. He says like, they weren't good enough is what he says for why they're dead. Cause he's a spy. And that's his thing is like, they weren't wow. good enough. That's why they died. And I remember turning to Dave a few times and going like, you know, this kid's like, this is just this kid's sociopathic tendencies are being represented by the spy. And I remember I kept making jokes. Like whenever this, whenever he would like turn to say something to the kid, I'd be like, did you kill that dead? Or did you kill that stray cat? Like I told you to, <laughs> did you kill that stray cat? Like I told you to, you need to learn. You got to learn. You don't need to learn to love it, but you got to learn not to hate it. <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> like, or like when he shoots a guy dead, and he's laying there. Like I just imagined his imaginary friends, like look him in the eyes, watch it fade away. You know, 
But actually, not not to be a huge spoiler, but actually that is kind of the point, though. It turns out is that the kid realizes that these aren't games anymore and that he doesn't want to play this mm-hmm. kind of game with his imaginary friend anymore because now he understands that it's real life and people die and it's yeah. not fun at all. So, yeah. Uh, Alan Holloway commented, great movie, Cloak and Dagger, classic. It is. It really is a great one. So, um, did you ever watch a movie that somebody pointed out was kind of like Cloak and Dagger? Did you ever watch War Games? No. What did you watch? You got to tell me what you watched because you didn't watch any of the good stuff. I don't know. Do you know what War Games is? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You've never you've never heard of War Games? No, I have. But okay, so you know know it's like it's about right now. It's about kids that were like ended up accidentally playing a game with like the American nuclear missile uh, codes, basically. Yeah, so they might accidentally cause thermal nuclear war through playing a video game. That's not good. It's really a good movie. Yeah, that's though. not good. It's really, really good. Um, oh God, David Denoyer said, kind of like the end of at the end of Uncle Sam. So, since we, you know that's topical, we could talk about Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam was a horror movie that I know you, a lot of people haven't seen this one. Um, I know you haven't seen this one, Michelle. But uh, Uncle Sam is a slasher movie from the '90s about the 4th of July, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and about a, uh, uh, basically a crazed, uh, a crazed killer soldier who dies overseas, but then comes back, um, mm-hmm. as like, Hey, it's gigs. Please don't step on the mouse. Do what you got to do gigs. It's okay. <laughs> oh God. I think gigs muted you. Oh no. Oh. She- we just Kitty. lost. We just lost Michelle to cat. Oh, there she is. Uh, I don't know what to do. Um. Me? Yeah, I can see you. You're just out of center. Oh, okay. Well, I can center myself, but can you? you am I okay? Yeah, I can hear you. I can see you and hear you. Uh, you're a little okay. Off center, she did something but... to my. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can fix that. Your audio just cut out. You have no sound. <laughs> oh my gosh. We have serious cat problems going on. No sound. I'll tell you when I can hear you. <laughs> no sound. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I will I will gladly say when I can hear you. I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. Oh God. You just leave the room and come back in. I think that's the best option. Oh God. It's gigs again. Gigs is attacking. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, this is, um, (laughs) this is a tragic moment. Gigs has decided finally to take over Michelle. This is this is the end of Michelle as we know it. Giggs has taken over. I'm sorry. Michelle has fallen. Giggs is the new supreme leader of the home. And I don't know. <laughs> oh. 
I think we have Michelle back. Michelle, are you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can okay. hear you. Sorry, Geeks was literally on my keyboard and I didn't know what to do. We could see. <laughs> we could see. And now she's leaving the table. We don't go. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that was one of the funniest things I've ever had, ever seen. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I was, I don't know if you could hear what I was saying while it was all happening or not. I was basically yeah. reporting like I was a newscaster and a tragedy was happening. And there was nothing I was like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, but what you're witnessing can't be avoided. Giggs has taken over. Oh. Okay, um, let's see some chats real quick while I get my face back in order. Um, Are You Game commented, not 80s, but uh, 10,000 Fingers of Dr. T is an acid trip. Okay, I've not heard of that one. Uh, Jeff McClellan commented and said, War Games is the best, and Dabney Coleman is in that one just like Cloak and Dagger. Oh, yeah. Uh, Are You Game said, Michelle went outside and wasn't raised by a TV like some of us. Or was the TV only on anime? Either way. Uh, that wasn't anime on TV. <laughs> Not until your late or your early teens, probably, was when Cartoon yeah, Network but, started showing some stuff. Even then, it wasn't like it was all day or something. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was a teenager, they used to sell anime on late night ads advertising. They'd sell tapes of anime yeah. on late night TV. Mostly Akira. Akira was constantly being sold on VHS on late night cable. Um, <clears throat> Jay Bayless said, I am just here for the ga- the cameo of gigs. Well, this was your time to shine, my friend. Um, and then he said, sign language. Yeah. Rob Fields commented, here's your next horror movie. And no, really, it was... <laughs> You, you'll need to, I'll, I'll clip that piece for you, Michelle, and send it to you so you can see how it all looked to everybody. It looked like Giggs was just fucking taking you yeah. out. And it was it. That was it. <laughs> um, yeah, David DeNoyer said, this is one for the highlight reel. <laughs> and then Jay said, she's no longer content to be a bit player on this podcast. It's true. Giggs, Giggs is making moves, man. I remember as that was happening, I was yeah, like, Yeah, I feel oh, bad what? now because... Oh, no, please. Oh, I feel bad. Yeah. Our, our things are a little out of sync. If you haven't noticed, they are. Um, yeah, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, um, I just feel bad because I took her off and she was just like, okay, you don't want me here. And then she left. I, I, that's unfortunately the truth. Meanwhile, I have Henwolf is just sleeping next to my foot. So she's not pushing me around yet although don't be surprised if one day on the show you just see Henwell's face and then like she pants for like three seconds and then it just cuts to nothing and that's no one ever sees me again it that's the end of it (laughs) Um, uh, Rob Fields commented and said the movie gigs uh the tagline this cat's back in the game for real I'm sorry it was very funny I, I know it was a little uh, like maybe it was frustrating for you, but it was just really funny because it was just clear like, everything had gone haywire. 
<laughs> and then it would like get pixelated and then you would just see Giggs's body and then you like going like uh, uh, and then just Giggs's body and then, like, and then it cut to black it was like it was it was really terrifying good <laughs> oh okay so what I was gonna mention was the movie Uncle Sam okay mm-hmm. um it's a movie that I've always been a big fan of. Can I zoom in on this? What? Why is it getting smaller? Google image sucks, man. Can I just copy image location? Okay. Sorry about that. I'm trying to get this up. Okay. Uh, here we go. All right. So here is, this is uncle Sam. Best tagline ever. I want you dead so and this is one of the many um box covers uh it was most famous for being um on vhs it was a lenticular cover which means that if you turned it it would change like as you adjusted it Uh so it would look like a normal it would look like normal uncle sam and then it would turn to like demon uncle sam and then back to normal but the great thing about uncle sam sincerely it's a it's a cheesy slasher movie it's a cheesy 90s slasher movie but it has this mm-hmm. massive, massive anti-war uh, subtext that's barely even mm-hmm. subtext. I mean, characters are just sitting there saying, like, war is hell and all it does is turn good men into bad. And like it's just like straight up, like all about hating on Desert Storm, all about hating on, on war, which makes the movie really interesting. But it's so heavy handed that there are moments where you're like, so this is a cheesy slasher. And they're like, oh yeah, definitely. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to watch. It sounds fun. And like, anyway, war is just about killing babies and women and burning them alive. And you're like, okay, but does it get to the scary stuff? Like, oh yeah, it definitely does. Anyway, he's a wife beater. He beat her nearly to her death. She's glad he died overseas. And you're like, okay, when does it get to the, to the fun? Ha ha. It's a slasher movie. And they're like, not yet. (laughs) not yet so but it's a good but i actually i mean i actually that's what makes the movie good to me it actually if it was just kind of the cheesy parts and they're fine but (laughs) but the uh but the massive amount of just constant anti-war stuff is kind of what makes me love that movie so um also the killer actually looks far more ridiculous than the poster hold on so this is this is the killer so uh, wow. he basically he basically puts on an Uncle Sam outfit from somebody he kills during like a barbecue like event mm-hmm. thing, Fourth of July thing, and then goes around hacking people up because his body underneath is like charred and burnt and crispy, um, and mm. he's a victim of friendly fire. That's how he died. That's like oh, one of the big things no. they keep referencing is that he was a victim of friendly fire. Like they constantly are referencing it. Also, there's a little boy in the movie, which is kind of what made me think of this. There's a little boy in the movie who, like, worships his uncle Sam. Literally, his uncle is named Sam. He worships Mm -hmm. him because he thinks, like, being a war hero is awesome and he's going to enlist the moment he's 18 and all this stuff. And uh, and meanwhile, like, his his mom is just like, you know, is like, he doesn't know his uncle Sam beat his wife, like, forever. Oh, shit. And like the reason he was overseas was he liked killing people so much and all this stuff. Oh. Like it's really dark. And there's like a scene where Uncle Sam's sister 
and his his wife, now that he's dead, they're like comforting each other because they're kind of glad he's gone mm-hmm. because he was just such a, a terrible person. But they don't want to ruin the kids remembering of him because it's not, it's harmless for him to remember him as a warrior. Right. You know, it's harmless. But he keeps like remembering. And there's a scene where they meet uncle sam's like uh one of his war buddies and all he does is tell him like you don't know how like literally when i was making that joke about like sitting there just telling you how hellish war is he literally does that to the little kid like tells him like you know do you know what it takes to get a silver star you gotta go out into a battlefield and do something so crazy and so evil that they give you that the congress gives you a star sends you home and prays you never do anything like that ever again and i was like jesus this movie so Highly recommended for your 4th of July viewing. Uncle Sam, available, just came out on 4K Blu-ray for an um, uh, like impossibly expensive like 30-some dollars. So I haven't bought it yet. Wow. But you can rent it anywhere you get your horrifying, <laughs> overbearingly non-subtle films about anti-war that are also a mass killer slasher movie. Mm. I love Uncle Sam. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, Michelle... I, uh, I'm sorry Giggs tried to take you, um, take your life, okay. basically. Oh, Rob Fields pointed out, uh, Uncle Sam is on Tubi, free with ads. Well, there you go. Oh, okay. Now, none of you have any excuse. That's your homework, kids. On the 4th of July, you got to watch Uncle Sam and report back. I expect a, a 2,000 word report on Uncle Sam. So... Uh, well, I'm sorry you didn't have a good childhood, Michelle, so you don't have any movies you remember. Okay. It's hard. Yeah. Michelle was too busy having siblings and a father. Must be nice. Must be nice. Hope you feel bad. Must be nice. It was okay. Uh, Rob Fields also comments in, don't forget about Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead does take place on J- uh, July 3rd. So it is the pre-4th of July, 4th of July movie. Um, Before we go, Michelle, I wanted to Mm -hmm. ask you, I got kind of caught up in the movie thing and then the gigs thing happened and and everything, but I wanted to ask you, how are things going? I wanted you to update everybody on how things are going with your, with your home inspecting business because things have been a little bit more active. I mean, maybe, but I, I mean, I had an inspection yesterday, but it's not like I have other inspections. But people so, are contacting you. People are getting yeah. in touch with you. And was that last yeah, inspection you did? Did they actually out. find you on your website? No. Was that the website one? Okay, that hasn't happened yet. No, the webs. There were there were two website people, but neither of them responded to me when I tried to get in touch with them. So. But still, people are seeing your website, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. I mean, two people. Yes, two. Two, two, two is more than none. Two is more than yeah. none. You got to start somewhere. You got to learn to to inspect crawling before you can inspect walking. I guess I that's true. Is how the saying goes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm happy for you, though. Thanks. So things are happening. I still haven't heard. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I still haven't heard from the person, I, the inspection people yesterday. You'd think... I sent them the report. I mean, and you'd think that they'd want to like talk to me or something, but I guess not. I guess everything's fine and they're fine with all those problems. 
I mean, well, the, you you are you are helping them like negotiate their price down or or decide not to purchase, you know, by by giving them a, a inspection that's honest. Yeah, no, but but like since since no one was there with me on the inspection, I I just had a lockbox combination. Um, no one was there for me to go like this is what I see, and this is why it's a problem. So they're just you know looking at a report and trying to figure out what I mean so i'm surprised because of the some of the stuff i caught could be serious i'm surprised i haven't heard from them but mm. yeah well i think you're doing a great job and i'm very excited to hear even even if they're just leads that go nowhere it's more than many people i trust me because there, there's this attitude that people have you know that if you build it they will come and it's completely a lie so having anybody see your website that's sitting in a sea of a billion trillion websites, I'm just glad people are finding you. I'm glad you're getting some gigs. That's how it all begins. I guess. <laughs> Always the unrepentant, unrelenting optimist, um, a real, a, a regular Pollyanna. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I think you're doing a good job. Thanks. So, and are uh, you game commented? Maximum Overdrive takes place on the greatest of all holidays, my thirteenth birthday, June nineteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. Fair enough. My birthday, September tenth. So, that was a weird sixteen-year-old birthday. Uh, the day after. So, uh, on that note, uh, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We actually had a lot of you guys hanging out with us today, and uh, I really do appreciate mm-hmm. it. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. Uh, most likely unless, uh, Michelle's too important or too fancy again. And, uh, we'll, uh, but we'll be back and it'll be, it'll be fun. I'll be able to talk about how I'm getting ready to go to the Joe Bob Briggs drive-in jamboree in Memphis the next day. So, um, oh, and real quick, Jay Bayless said, has the story ever been told of how we met? We actually have told it a few times, but maybe we will next week if you ask Yeah, nicely. I, my favorite is to make Michelle have to tell it because then she's just like, I don't know. Who yeah, are you? So, so until next time, Michelle, you have the final word. I can't follow anything because my my stream is like later. It's very, very difficult to know what's going on this time. There's definitely something wrong with my internet. That's all I got. It's okay. I can't. I can't follow what's going on and it has nothing to do with my internet. There's just something very wrong with me. So I get it. Thanks for listening. You can email us at thisshowisawkward at gmail.com or go to awkwardshow.com or whatever. See you next time.